Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions. Today is April 15th, 2019. It's tax day. And this is episode 264. My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, we'll get you all wound up with the host from another fantastic Orioles podcast. And we'll also prove that there can be no taxation without a standing ovation. And we'll do all that right after we lubricate for the show. That's right. It is time for the drink of the week. Scott Magnus, what are you drinking? Uh, Jake, I am drinking a Birdhouse Pale Ale in honor of Icterus Gabula. Gesundheit. Uh, I am, I believe that's Latin for loser bird. <laughs> I think, I think that does rough, roughly translate. Yeah. Um, I have stopped drinking good things. Okay. And I am drinking a, oh boy, would appear. Oh boy. Yeah. It's a national bohemian beer. So you're now just going back and forth between, um, Nettie Bow and Loose Cannon. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Also, that's what's left in my fridge. I just said, did you just buy... 236 packs before the year ended so that you wouldn't have to buy any beer? I'm not going to say no. Okay. Uh, if you're interested in, in following us on Untapped, please do so. I'm at Jake E4025. And I'm at MAGN8606. And with that, Jake, it's time for a checkup. Jake, we messed up bad. We did this. So, Jake, uh, on the last episode, uh, we said, why don't we just go ahead and put the medical wing out to, to pasture for a little bit? Because Mark Trumbo and Austin Wayne's constantly being the only people on the uh, injured list was not really of interest to us. And then, sure enough, as soon as we did that, uh, Alex Cobb went out with a lumbar strain. Uh, then Nate Carnes went down with a right forearm strain. And a uh, Richard Blyer went down with left shoulder tendinitis. Uh, Jake, um, do we have voodoo magic? We will never not do the medical wing again. Can we curse other things? Oh, God, Scott, if I could curse other things, if I had that power, I would never leave the house. Gotcha. So, Jake, uh, you will never, ever get laid again. Excuse me? You'll never, ever get laid again. Oh, okay. Great, I think. So, obviously, the opposite's going to happen. Here's the thing, though. Judging by my place in the universe, yes, I, there's no way oh, that... Yeah. I'm just stating fact here. Yeah. Okay, Darren. Um, let's talk about anything else, but let's do it very small. Okay. Uh, Are we still talking about you getting laid? <laughs> 280 characters or fewer, Scotty, this week on the Twitters. First, I'd like to start with a tweet that comes from the MLB Network, who tweet, of course, at MLB Network, and they tweet as follows. It's hashtag Patriots Day in Boston. See the at Red Sox host the at Orioles next at 11 a.m. Eastern on MLB Network. And, Scotty, I have to tell you, uh, it seems to me that the Orioles are the homecoming opponent for the uh, Red Sox on Patriots Day. You know, they have the marathon going on. The Red Sox are playing in the morning. They want to do their best to get a win. So what do they do? Major League Baseball schedules them up the Baltimore Orioles. Well, today, my friend, they flipped that homecoming script and took one from the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, You know, I was listening to the game today, this morning, and, um, well, there was a great home run. Um... And I, I kept thinking to myself, how do we miss this? This is a great name. And this tweet comes from at Utah Street Report. And it says, Dwight goes Hardy pole. This is great callback to J.J. Hardy kind of slipping it around the pesky pole. Twice. Twice. And just barely. And having some of the most improbable home runs, potentially in Orioles baseball history. So I definitely think that we should be calling the pesky pole the Hardy pole going forward. I will never refer to it again. As the pesky pole. Uh, Scotty, this next one has some sound. Um, 
Is it possible that we could just listen for a moment? Sound. Um, is that allowable in this given format? Sure. Streak of at-bat and plate appearances without a hit. Porcello out of the full windup. Davis is going to get one. He's in the right field. And Sadie will score. Smith will score. RBIs one and two. And for Chris Davis, it's over, baby. We're not talking about it anymore. Thanks to Titanic Baseball, who of course tweets at Titanic Baseball for giving the Chris Davis hit such epic, epic treatment. Jake, why don't you draw me like one of your French girls? It had been 84 years, Scott. Yeah. I hope you don't drop me into the ocean. Uh, all right. The next tweet. Uh, this was also fun. And speaking about French girls, uh, this tweet comes from at Pornhub. I'm not familiar with this website. Hey, at CrushD19, Pornhub Premium is a great slump buster. DM me for a free account. We'd hate to see you go zero for 69. Look. I think it's hilarious. Let me go ahead and quickly put my browser into incognito mode here. (laughs) It's so funny (laughs) that the Orioles are so legendarily bad that accounts such as Pornhub are reaching out to get involved. I'm still not sure what is this website we're referring to. I'm not sure either. All right. Our next tweet comes from Other Birds as the Orioles logo at Smiling Bird logo. And um, it's a visual, so... Go to our website, birdsaviewbaltimore.com, check it out. But they have drawn the Baltimore Oriole, but with open mouth. And frankly, listeners, it's horrifying. Why is this a thing? Why do people insist on on questioning whether the Orioles logo has an open or closed mouth? So I think with the whole, let's go ahead and um, let's write about terrible stories about the Baltimore Orioles so far this season. Uh, Cut4 decided to put out a thing of, you know, the Baltimore Orioles logo and saying, is it an open mouth or a smiling mouth? And obviously it's a closed mouth. Anybody that thinks otherwise is, is insane. But again, um, uh, smiling bird logo was able to kind of come out with one of his legendary ones of saying, no, 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 this is what a mouth would look like open. And this is why it is a terrible idea. So maybe we need to rename it instead of the smiling Oriole. It could be the smirking, the smirking or the sassy Oriole. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. All right, next tweet comes from, oh, my boy toy, Matt Kremnitzer, who is writing for Press Box right now. Uh, check him out on there at this time. Uh, Matt tweets as follows. Super early, but Trey Mancini is doing something about, uh, doing just about everything better so far. Barreling the ball, getting it in the air, walking, striking out less, launch angle is about double what it was in 2018. Yeah, Trey Mancini has been in fuego and potentially one of the best hitters right now in Major League Baseball. Um, I don't know what's up. I don't know if, again, it was just the injury last year, but Trey Mancini is playing um, like an all-star. And, you know, I've never been a big Trey Mancini fan. I've always said that he's more of a role player. But Trey Mancini right now is playing like an easy, you know, two to three war player. Um, so, yeah, pretty darn impressive from Trey Mancini. If you could shift him continuously into the infield at first base or DH as opposed to, you know, the outfield – yeah, I like what I see. I like what I see a lot. Who would have thought we would have had a fun player on the 2019 Baltimore Orioles? Who would have thought? Except for Jonathan Trade Value Villar. Right, of course. All right, our last tweet uh, from this week on the Twitters is from a series of dear friends who tweet at Be Morons. That's right, the Baltimoreons podcast tweeted out as follows. Good God, we made another one. Spoiler alert, this is not the nickname episode. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Baltimoreans podcast has produced another episode of new content for your ear holes. Please, please go check it out. But why wasn't the nickname podcast? Because they're providing us with more content before. It is April 15th. I do not even know how I am supposed to call these games going forward. Look, we nagged them for years to get back behind the microphone. Now that they're doing it. And it's not going to stop now. Now that they're doing it. I, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to rock the boat. Don't rock the boat over? No. Don't rock the boat, baby. Uh, listen, Orioles podcasts are fantastic, particularly ones other than this one. And we would like to, uh, in fact, talk about more Orioles podcasts. So let's let's do that.
We make no secret of the fact that we love other Orioles podcasts and think that you should listen to them too. Recently, we came across another show that's joined the O's podcast community. And if you're not familiar with The Windup, stop listening right now. Turn it off. Consume all of their episodes <laughs> and then come on back and join us. The show features sisters Katie and Kyla drinking wine through the ups and downs of Orioles baseball. We're delighted to talk to the hosts of the Wind Up podcast. Ladies, welcome to Bird's Eye View. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Thanks, guys. So, uh, listen, we open every podcast with something we call the drink of the week. You mm -hmm. open your show by discussing the wine that you're drinking uh, during that particular episode. Uh, game respects game. So, let me ask you, <laughs> what is your drink of the week? Well, we thought a lot about, we knew you we were going to ask this, so we thought a lot about what we were going to drink. Um, we were going with a red wine tonight. We had Indian food earlier, so <laughs> we thought it would be good with the spiciness. Um, Kai, you want to tell yeah, us about it? Yeah, it's a red wine. It's a California Pinot Noir from the good old year of 2017, um, and it's $10. Actually, it's $9.99. So Just under $10. We went with a goodie but a cheapie tonight. Now, are we getting like heavy tobacco notes through that? A little bit of vanilla? or Yes. Well, okay. actually, according to uh, the app, there is vanilla taste okay. that I think we definitely do taste. <laughs> we picked up on that for um, sure. Apparently, it's supposed to taste a lot like cherry Coke. So we have... Yeah. We it's have like some, a cherry Coke yeah, wine. Yeah, it's like an adult cherry Coke. Okay, so good acacia tannin notes present through this. Um, wow. Somebody that. studied. <laughs> Don't be fooled. Yes. <laughs> what, are, what are you guys... What's your drink of the week? So I am drinking a fine American product uh, that winks at me. So you're nice. drinking a North Carolina beverage. Yep. I am. I am uh, and I'm drinking a Brewer's Art Birdhouse Pale Ale. Ooh. Oh, boy, what a beer. Wow. We we actually discussed going out and getting a cheap bottle of red, so I'm delighted that that's that's what you went with. But instead, we've got your sweater this evening, which is just cheap and red. So. I would I would like to point out though that that would have been a nice romantic evening here in SD Studio. It would have been Scotty and I cracking up a bottle of red. <laughs> talking Orioles baseball. It would have been romantic for all of us. We could have at our separate locations each been drinking red wine. We could have each woken up in the morning with a hangover. It would have been great. Yeah, yeah. That's what we'd like to hear. All right. So tell us a little bit uh, about the origin of Wind Up. Uh, what made you say that this, this moment in history when the Orioles <laughs> are about to descend into the second dark ages, this is the time we've got to start a podcast about the Baltimore Orioles? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I think we might have come up with the name first like i feel like that just that's how it originated yeah. we always thought like oh we would be funny on a podcast <laughs> we've always made ourselves laugh talking about the um, Orioles, and then the name came to us i can't say why we picked this season of all seasons well the real truth is sadly that um i lived in new york until this past year and so i just moved back and now that we both are living in baltimore again it's been a while since we both lived in baltimore at the same time so now that we're both here that was our timing um we have always talked a lot about the Orioles and followed them even when we lived very far away. But this year was the first time we were both here and we had this really clever name idea and that was <laughs> inspiration. We ran with it. We ran with it. So instead of, you know, taking pictures and maybe putting something on Instagram, you said, you know what, let's go ahead and open a bottle yeah. of wine and let's get in front of a <laughs> podcast and, exactly. and, and let everybody else in the world partake in this journey with us. Exactly. exactly. The possibilities it. are endless when you open a $10 bottle of red wine. Or even a $5 <laughs> bottle of wine if, if yeah. necessary. Yeah. You we'll know, go lower than 10 for yeah. sure. Whatever is in the cart next to the cash register. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so what have you guys enjoyed uh, so far about, about having the show? Well, it's helped us to really stay engaged in a season that's not good. It's almost more fun that they're not contending or not going to contend this year just because... Maybe not. It, Maybe. Well, so far, um, they're exceeding my expectations. Um, no, it's really it's made it more fun just to engage with them and to continue um, watching every game and talking about them and laughing about the good and the bad and it's made it um it's a it's a bonding experience too for us so that's it, been a great part of it it's also been fun since we're so early in the year it feels like every week there's like a new thing to celebrate so like a chris davis's first hit well, <laughs> or listen, listen <laughs> i don't know we, we weren't interested in the aspect of what you enjoyed so far about the oral season we were actually more interested about what you've enjoyed so far with your wine drinking experience more so than anything else. Okay? Uh, we've enjoyed all of the wine. <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting a little bit better at tasting wine. Um, I have to say in our most recent episode, 
I took one like smell of the wine and I was like, am I smelling strawberries? And Kyla was like, yes, that is what you're supposed to be smelling. And we were like, whoa, we've gotten really, cause we're not like expert wine drinkers at all. We just, we drink for yes. fun. So, but we're, we're getting better. So that's been a, a fun element as well. Now, this, this wasn't strawberry flavor, like Dayquil, was it or anything like no, that? No, 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 no. Okay, it was a very, sure. I did, like, I did slip some. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hoping that the Orioles get better with you. Um, so, yeah. you know, one of the one of the important components of the show clearly is your devotion to uh, social media. You know, your hashtag women in media, of course. But I have to I have to take some small umbrage with your, your first episode, which was all hashtag women in media up front. And then, ladies, you ended the the episode by giving uh, producer Dan the opportunity to well actually mansplain you at the end <laughs> all of the uh, all we of the errors. So I really appreciate that going into episode two, you know, you took the uh, the corrections on yourself. It just felt more authentic. Yeah, yeah. that was something that. It was already an idea originally that he would do a fact check, um, but it turned out one he wasn't very good at fact checking as we were <laughs> doing the episode. Most so men he was aren't. Just like yep. missing a lot of facts and then like getting other facts wrong that we like things that we had said that were right and and so we cut that. Producer segment. Dan was fired and we hired ourselves <laughs> to do the job better. Yeah, he's still our <laughs> sound engineer. He still gets the episode up, but uh, he he no longer has a speaking part on our show. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, l- let me ask you this. Everybody has wants to talk about what your favorite Orioles moment is. Um, as an Orioles fan, you know, lots of people talk about uh, the Delman Young double. Some people will talk about yeah. the streak. Some people will talk about, you know, the, the first playoff win in a while. Frankly, uh, I'm not interested in that conversation. I like <laughs> to go completely the other way. I want to know what nearly broke your Orioles fandom. What is your what is your low watermark? When is the time when you basically said, "Oh my God, I might have to throw it in. Uh, it hurts too much." Well, I think my saddest moment as an Oriole fan. I don't think this was a low watermark because I think I was too young and naive to fully appreciate it. But I was at um, Game Six in 1997 against the Indians. Um, where we lost in extras and Roberto Alomar struck out to end the game and he was my favorite player. And, you know, that was the end. We went wire to wire that year and the season just ended. And I was so- I was nine, nine years old, about to turn 10, just like sobbing at the end of the game. And I like looked up, my parents still tell the story. I like looked up at them and was like, well, we'll be good again next year, right? And it's like so sad to think about that. Like my nine-year-old self just being like, well, it's okay. Like we can we can get it next year. And it's like, no, no kid. You're many, many years away from seeing the Orioles be good again. So that was probably my like lowest moment in retrospect as an Orioles fan. I um, I um I remember the game we played against Texas that we lost 30 to 3. And I remember it very clearly that we were winning that game three to nothing and then proceeded <laughs> to give up or at least like three to one. And then we proceeded to give up 30 or 29 unanswered runs. That was probably a low, I would say, for yeah. sure. Um, I don't know. I don't think like obviously there have been seasons that we're less happy with and less interested in. But I think honestly, I don't think I've ever like questioned yeah. my my fandom. I remember after they won, after in 2012, when they made it to the playoffs, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is why baseball is my favorite sport. Like, yeah, I'm so sure of it now. Forgot why we liked it so much for a while there, <laughs> but we never fully gave up on them. Well, as we talked about before, we're going to re-enter into these dark ages again. We're going we're gonna to see sad, miserable Orioles baseball for the years to come. But what are you actually looking forward to seeing in the 2019 season with this, you know, lovable, miserable band, batch of Baltimore Orioles? <laughs> well, I think it's one thing that's nice that's different about this is that it does feel like there is like a process behind it. Um, it's almost I find it so much easier to watch this year with my expectations low than last year when I was like vastly overestimated what they were going to get done. Um, I'm still sad every time they win a game this year. I'm like, oh, man, think about what last year could have been if Chris Davis had gotten a hit. <laughs> um, he didn't bat 168. I'm, like, still sad about the 2018 Orioles. But um, what I'm looking forward to is, like, seeing young guys. I mean, I'll be really excited, like, when Austin Hayes comes up or, like, Yusniel Diaz. Um, in the meantime, though, I love our catchers, and I'm, like, really enjoying watching them every day. They're just, like, so emotive behind the plate and then just, like, so excited helping our pitchers out. So... I am. Um, I'm enjoying watching us uh, run around the bases and make other teams 
try to throw us out and like watching Brett Garner try to throw someone out at third base is like a high point for me because he can't do it. And so I'm really enjoying the speed that we have and making um, some of the other teams play a little defense, putting them on their toes a little bit. And every time we can be a little thorn in the side of the Yankees or Red Sox who are supposed to be so good this year. It just makes me really happy to watch them fail. So <laughs> that's my other pleasure that I've been getting so far this year out of the season. I feel like schadenfreude is an acceptable answer. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> Bringing you know, others down with us. It's going to be a season of lows and other lows and more lows, different lows. Um, <laughs> and even David Lowe, maybe. And maybe David Lowe. <laughs> uh, but let maybe. me ask you, were you ready for the emotions? Were you ready for the emotional high that we all felt on Chris Davis hit day. <laughs> I, no. I was not expecting to feel so like, it's funny because normally when I feel invested, it's like I just ride the lows really hard. But this season, because the expectations are generally not that high. Um, it's nice because I just get to soar, you know, when <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel like I'm doing my own beer cart after the game it's like chris davis gets a hit or he gets a home run or you know all these all these things have just been so exciting yes i have such fond memories of chris davis and like i was i lived in boston when the season he broke the uh orioles home run record i was at the game where he hit the record-breaking home run i think or maybe it was 50 i can't remember um and i just feel like i'm so invested in chris davis that I'm really happy he did well. And I was like trying to see who was going to come meet me at um, power plant. Power plant <laughs> but nobody responded. And then also power plant said that they weren't giving out the drinks that day. So, well, you and the Orioles are so invested in Chris Davis at this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> I'm a little it. less financially invested, but emotionally probably the same. <laughs> so we've, we've talked about the good moments so far. Um, what has been the most cringe worthiest moment so far in this early part of the season? Uh, Probably opening day when when um who was running the bases and Trey Mancini hit him. Oh yeah, VR <laughs> just getting like hit and you're just like, oh god, this is the whole season. It's gonna be this. <laughs> I think Katie literally texted like after VR was out on the base paths for being hit by a ball and she was like, well, this is gonna be a fun season. <laughs> um, that was a that was pretty cringeworthy. Oh, but there's there's so much more to come. There's so much more to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, do you guys have any of your least favorite moments of the season so far? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I'm so much, I, I'm, I'm so, I guess, attuned to the pain that at this point I haven't found anything <laughs> that's that's really risen to the level yet. I've got one. All right, let's hear it. So uh, my most cringeworthy moment so far um, hasn't been on the field. But it's been Dave Johnson in the radio booth oh, um, talking yeah. and talking and talking and <laughs> talking about how he doesn't understand how uh, individuals that pitch 93 miles per hour can't be dominant pitchers in this <laughs> league. And it's very frustrating. Very, yeah. very frustrating. We uh, we have an opinion on one of the uh, radio broadcasters as well. We, th- we do. <laughs> uh, well, I have an opinion and I think you share it. That um, Jim Hunter has never met a stat that he won't read on air. <laughs> That's true. Enthusiastically, yes. Yeah, it's like six players from this high school in Florida are all batting 275 in August. But when they go and sept- it's like the most bizarre facts and he found them and he says them. Yep. 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 He'll, he'll, Excitedly. He'll, he'll do that. And then Jim Palmer sitting next to him on the Mass booth will be like, yeah, that's great. Uh, but uh, let me talk to you about something else that actually is important for this game. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of uh, exemplifies the A team versus the B team, as it were, in yeah. terms mm-hmm. of uh, who's in the booth. But I'm with Jake. You know, from a cringeworthy standpoint, um, you know, I, I haven't been too cringed out. And in fact, you know, coming back to your point, I, I've kind of been with that whole shot and fraud aspect. You know, being able to take series against the Yankees, being able to even split a series against uh, the Red Sox. Uh, this team has outperformed um, greater than I think any of our expectations. I mean, the amount yeah. of road series they have taken compared to last year mm-hmm. is uh, quite impressive. So, I mean, it's going to be ugly, I and mean, it's it's going to be a terrible season. And um, there's no way they're going to continue this going forward. But you know what? When they go on these stretches of let's call it mediocre play, we should uh, yeah. we should celebrate it. Yeah, it's in, you're in the bonus at that point because right. I, I feel like coming into 2018, we you know we knew that they weren't going to be great you know like we didn't think that they they were going to be good we thought that they were on the definite slide 
we just didn't know that they were going to be weapons grade terrible. Like I didn't realize <laughs> right. it was going to be the bottom's going to drop out and then the next bottom is going to drop out. And uh, so now, you know, the expectations are so low. So whenever it's just kind of bad, it's like, yeah, all right. Kind of bad. Kind of bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we only lost this game by two runs. All right. right. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like, I think we're all on the same page yeah, there. It's like popping that you know five dollar <laughs> bottle of wine up and being like, "All right, I can drink yeah. this. This isn't that bad. I can finish this entire bottle. It's not going to exactly. be that bad." When I, well, it's just a little time in the glass. The dollar <laughs> right. bottle will just really just open let up it aerate. That. You know, just let it have some <laughs> yeah. time. When I watch yep. Richie Martin bat, I think to myself, "Do I smell strawberries?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you think, "Yes, I do." <laughs> yep. All right, we have one more bit of important business to do. And really, I cannot stress the level of importance of this particular question. This is the make or break here on Bird's Eye View. Uh, Ladies, finally, the most important question that we ask our guests, Beatles or Stones? Uh, Is there a right answer? (laughs) Um, Well, I've... I was not invited to go see the Rolling Stones play with my sister who went to I've a concert. I've been to a Rolling Stones concert. So I'm probably going to have to say Beatles just for that reason, just to spite her. Well, but we did go to a Paul McCartney concert together. Yeah, that's true. I think that the right answer is the Beatles, but I do love both of them. <laughs> we will did accept we that answer. Yes. Okay. Well done. Cool. All right. In, in all seriousness, we're delighted that you started the podcast. Uh, I love the fact that you uh, associate you know, spending time with friends and family uh, with Orioles baseball. Uh, I, I like that that's, that's, you know, how you experience it. I, I also enjoy the fact that you don't take yourself too seriously and you're determined to have a little fun along the way, regardless of the uh, team's record. So how can, uh, how can listeners find you guys on social media? So on social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at O's Wind Up, O-S-W-I-N-E-D-U-P, O's Wind Up. Um, that's also our Gmail. If you have any <laughs> emails to send us, we check it somewhat regularly. <laughs> And then on where you can find us wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google. Um, it's the wind up. W I N E apostrophe D. The wind up. Great. Thanks. Well, hopefully you've got a somewhat better team to discuss in upcoming episodes. Yeah, hopefully that's true. Well, thank you guys so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Absolutely. Have a good one. So, Jake, it's April 15th, the day on which procrastinators among us run and push the edge of the trade deadline or tax deadline to keep the IRS off our backs. So Wait, no, that's today? That's today. Okay. You submitted everything, right? You have until midnight. Midnight. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you got at least three hours to go. Can we speed this up a little bit? We can speed this up. If you want to start working on your TurboTax over there right now, it might, might not be a bad idea. Uh, in other words... Uh, not the most wonderful day of the year. Um, that stress, it can be taxing on you. And if you're up against the clock, which got us to thinking, just how taxing is this season of Orioles baseball? So first, here are some taxes levied by the Orioles upon its fans. Jake? I mean, clearly the largest, the most serious uh, tax levied uh, by the Orioles on its fans is the long droughts of futility, right? They don't just have losing seasons every once in a while. They don't just fail to win World Series for a generation. It's haplessness, hopelessness, just the dregs of baseball year after year after year. I feel like that's more recession, though, than than a tax. Okay. All right. But, like, I feel like tax is, like, something that – you know, drains you of, you know, riches. So, like, I'm thinking more like blown saves. Like, I'm thinking, you know, Kevin Gregg, Michael Gonzalez from opening day. We don't speak of that. I'm thinking Jim Johnson from, like, 2012 ALDS game number one, going out there and just saying, here you go. Here's a a game that I'm just going to go ahead and give up. See, I don't agree. Okay. I don't think this is income tax related. I think it's more of the sales tax. Okay. And I say that because... I feel like each pitcher in our bullpen at this point is full pack, right? Like there, 
it, it's every night. It's just a, transaction after transaction after tra- So I, I agree. It's a tax. That's more of a sales tax. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Th- this tax, th- you know, surefire uh, things that you can count on. Death, taxes, and the obnoxious exposure to Red Sox and Yankees fans. Hmm, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I definitely think this is probably a tax. I believe this is a pollution slash environmental tax um, <laughs> to uh, basically expose yourself to such hazardous individuals. Um, how about the propensity for Orioles kind of crapping the bed on nationally televised games? That's kind of a tax just in terms of, hey, I'm going to turn in and watch the Orioles. And oh, look, they're absolutely playing horrible. It's like the death tax because I, I slowly die as I watch that happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, here's a tax. And this is, again, a lifelong problem. No true rivalries for the Baltimore Orioles. You know, hear me out on this one. I kind of feel like the Orioles are the ACC Maryland of the AL East, right? Like, we think it's a big deal when we play Boston. We think it's a big deal when we play uh, New York. They could they could care less. Uh, the, the closest thing we have is a faux rivalry with a team that happens to be next door. Yeah, see, I see this as much more of a, a, a an internal tax. Let's consider it almost like a social security tax, um, where um, you know we're basically having a rivalry internally with our own development. So again, we don't have any pitching development, and we're not basically growing for the future. So we're just basically sinking money, sinking money in, with the hope and promise that eventually you will be paid off. But we know in 2050, ultimately, there's not going to be any money there for us. There will be no rivalry there yeah. for us. All right, but wait, wait. This sounds bad. Yes. But hey, there are some tax benefits as well. Oh, okay. There are some clear Orioles tax benefits. The first of which is the uh, park that forever changed baseball, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. If you're going to have to endure losing baseball, you get to do it in a pretty nice place. And then, of course, you've got a rich history of broadcasters. And, of course, we're going through a, a now a brand new resurgence of trying to find who is going to, in essential, pick up the mantle of former great legends. And, you know, we're left with Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer, which are still treasures. And, again, it'll be interesting to see who in the future basically takes that new mantle of golden voice of Baltimore Orioles baseball. Sure. And, you know, go to war, Miss Agnes. We've had John Miller. We've, you know, right. And, and, and Joe Angel just leaving us, uh, you know, for such a, a relatively, you know, young franchise and small market. Yeah. yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I mentioned a relatively young franchise. Uh, here's another benefit. The Orioles blew into town in 1954. You know, they were fresh off being the St. Louis Browns. Uh, but for such a young franchise in comparison to some others, that's a lot of history there for us. You know, we've got uh, those numbers that are retired there. You know, we've got the streak. We've got Brooks and Frank. We have uh, three World Series to look back on. We have a period of, of baseball to look back on when the Orioles were the best team in sure. the league year in, year out. Um, and that's hard to see now where we are. But it's actually a very rich tradition here in Baltimore uh, of a of huh, what used to be a winning club, but still something to be proud of. And then, of course, we've got our itemized deductions that are going into this 2019 season. Uh, we've got the kids cheer free. We've got the outside food policy, which, again, everyone should be exploiting to the best of their benefit of bringing in whatever sub, uh, hummus, uh, carrots, uh, nachos, whatever you can fit in to your backpack or cooler, as long as it is within the given par- parameters that has been defined by Kim Yards and it's not a hard cooler, please be bringing that food in there. Um, because again, it's, it's free. So why would you want to pay good hard money, uh, if you can bring your own food in for free? And again, ticket prices are still some of the lowest in the league, uh, compared to other, you know, stadiums within the American League East, even compared to DC and Philadelphia were to go up there and try to attend a game as well. Yeah. And if you can't find a way to take advantage of these, uh, fan tax benefits, you need to get your CPA involved because they're, they're out there for you. Um, but listen, you know, this, this baseball team, the Baltimore Orioles, it's a progressive team. It's b- becoming more and more progressive all the time, particularly with, you know, the, the Angelo Suns in charge. Uh, so there must be, of course, a progressive Orioles tax system. Uh, let's take a look at, at the tax brackets as they are. And like the new Birdland memberships, uh, I think that the Orioles have done their best to, to simplify an overly complex system. You hear that all the time. The tax system is, is so complex. We just need to break it down. Uh, and so th- they've done this. And, and frankly, my hats are off to them. Um, so, you know, 
here's what you got. You got a, a tax bracket, all right? You've got orange, black, and diamond, right? So you've got your your orange tax bracket, which is fans that are just starting out. You know, maybe the young, maybe people that never really followed baseball before, but they've decided to get in on, on the Orioles, you know, bandwagon. Uh, then you have the the black uh, tax bracket, which is, you know, longtime casual fans, you know, people that have been here a long time, lived in Baltimore all their life. Yeah, they, they're, they're, yeah, okay, I'll go to a game every once in a while. And then you have the, the diamond tax bracket, which, of course, is just long, uh, lifelong diehard fans, people that, that live and die with the team. Uh, but we don't all file the same here, Scotty. Uh, you know, I, I can vouch having lived this experience that the Orioles taxation is different for, uh, uh, fans that are unmarried, uh, fans that are married and, and cheering together as well as, uh, for fans, you know, with children as the head of household. Um, but this isn't monetary, Scott. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the machine in, uh, the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. This is hard hitting uh, sports journalism right here. It it really is measured in how many years following the Orioles takes off your life. Oh, so this is like depreciation. Absolutely. Okay, so it's depreciation is what we're talking about here. I love the fact, by the way, that I go to the Princess Bride in a discussion of taxation and you go to depreciation. Of course. This is this is, this is why this is why I'm here. This is clear <laughs> first year bird's eye view nonsense. All right. So uh I'm just gonna say, you know, in the orange uh tax bracket fans just starting out, yeah, you know, for the unmarried fan, it's it's I, I just say it's a year. Yeah. It's just you one just lost year. a year of your life. Take a big deal. Taking off your life. Yeah. For married fans, it's four. It jumps up to four years, and here's why: not only do you have to um, deal with the disappointment of the team, it can occasionally get you in in trouble with with your spouse. Uh, my my mood being affected by losing baseball, um, <clears throat> not always popular on the mm. home front. Imagine right? that so I lose twice. I lose twice. But I will say, for fans with children. It creeps back to three years. Okay. And here's why. So this is a personal deduction, basically. It's a personal deduction. You get to— Even though those don't exist anymore. You get to relive a little bit of joy with your children. Okay. Even when it's sucking the life out of you. Just don't expose them too much. Sure. Sure. Not at all. So uh, that's the way it goes, generally. You know, uh, it's a a little bit less for for the unmarried fan. Uh, For married fans, a little bit more. And and for fans with children, you know, kind of that mid-grade. And and again, it's it's progressive. So, you know, the black uh, tax bracket, it's three, seven, and, and five years. But the diamond is is really where it's interesting. Okay, we've done a lot of study on this, right? There there have been lobbyists in and out of SD Studios over the past couple weeks trying to nail down uh, these figures, and I think they're pretty solid. Really, I, I didn't realize that lobbyists had pull off shorts. Yes. Okay. Almost all of them. Okay. Do you not pay attention to what's going on in Washington? I did not go to American University, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The diamond bracket. Uh, if you are a lifelong Orioles fan, uh, you're looking at between 8 to 13 to 22 years taken off your 22 life. 22 years? How do you get to 22 years? Here's the thing. Having the children uh, usually brings it back because you get to relive some of that joy. But if you're a lifelong diehard Orioles fan, uh, inflicting that upon a child actually increases the mm. the life that it sucks out of you because not only do you over the course of that lifetime get to see your heart broken but also the broken heart of your child gotcha so this is kind of like when we were talking uh in the previous segment and we were talking about the 1997 game six where the Orioles lost uh and then turning to your father or your mother and then saying well the Orioles will be back next year and you having to lie to your child saying yeah it's it's possible that it could happen next year um that that sin basically has basically caused you to depreciate your life cycle as it were. Oh yeah. It is taxing, my friend. It is taxing. Yeah. So hey, uh Orioles fans, I, I desperately hope that you uh you know I find yourself in the in the right side of the balance sheet this year. Uh I hope that you are not finding uh twenty nineteen to be too taxing.
All right, Jake, another win for you this week. So you're going up 2 nothing. Our last category was expected WOBA. Uh, you picked Jonathan Villar, who posted a 338 expected WOBA. I picked Super Wildcard Joey Rickard, who had a 268 expected WOBA. Uh, leading the team this week, Dwight Smith with an expected WOBA of 392. Trey Mancini, 380. Rio Ruiz with 344. And Chris Davis with a 342. Expected weighted on base average. I told you to go with it, Chris Davis. Should have went with Chris Davis. Would have won it this week. So, yes, Jake, uh, next category for this week. I'm thinking we go a little bit more simplistic this time. I'm thinking we're going to go with runs. Runs scored? Runs scored. Okay, so this is the offensive. How many times did you get around and manage to touch the plate? Yes. So this is not so much about you. It's about who's behind you correct all right all right um i am going to uh i'm going to say that the leader in run or my pick for runs is uh is going to be renato nunez all right and i'm going to go with jonathan trade value Villar as my candidate for the runs this week so we will find out who owns it next week on fantasy boss but again, Jake is taking a commanding 2 nothing lead. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and go first because the quality of Scott's rants exceed my own. Uh, my good this week is Rio Ruiz, who you just talked about with his ex-WOBA. Um, you know, I look at Ruiz as being the prototypical, uh, prototypical replacement player, right? Um, and instead, at least this week, he was pretty good. I say pretty good because he didn't have a ton of at-bats compared with uh, most of the regulars, uh, but when in service this week, he was good. He had 157 weighted runs created plus a 400 WOBA, not X WOBA. Um, but here's what, what I like to see. Lots of walks, right? 27.8% against only an 11.1K percentage. So again, with 18 plate appearances, you know, you're moving into the smaller sample size area for a, a week's worth of uh, performance. But for a guy I didn't expect much from, I like to see it. Rio Ruiz is my good. All right, my good for the week is going to go to Boom Boom Trey Mancini. I've heard of him. Absolutely demolished the ball this week. Two home runs, seven runs scored, three RBIs, 346 on base uh, average, 452 on base percentage, 692 slugging, 472 Woba, 207 weighted runs created plus. Trey Mancini, as we talked about earlier with Matt Kremenitzer's tweet, has been in fuego so far in April. Let's see how long he can keep it up. May he go forever. All right, my bad this week is going to Orioles base running. I have seen way too many outs run into at third base, and I'm looking at you, Jonathan VR. I'm looking at you, Joey Rickard. I know that Brandon Hyde wants to be more aggressive. I get that. But stop running into outs at third base. You're making me sad. It's not ugly, but it's certainly not good. And so this week, it's bad. My bad for this week is going to go to the obvious choice. It's got to be Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson is absolutely horrible on the broadcast. And every single time he talks, it just really wants me to say, Joe Angel, please, I will give you all the money to have you slip out of your bed, stop eating pepperoni, and please come back into the booth. What can we do to make this happen? It's not necessary. Okay. He could still eat pepperoni. Okay. Yeah, be fine. Sure, that's fair. Be fine. I'll, I'll leave pepperoni in the booth waiting for you. But please... Get Dave Johnson out of the booth as quick as possible. Look, I know they didn't have much time to plan around this, but woof. It is woof. brutal. Absolutely brutal. All right, my ugly this week goes to Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy pitched five innings, and he gave up six earned run on four home runs. I could go into more detailed stats, but I don't think I need to go much further than that. Dylan Bundy is not getting it done, and it's not getting better. Ugly. We need Dylan trade value Bundy ugly uh jake my ugly is going to go to brandon hyde and listen i know you didn't watch the game today because you were working 
some of us were working in, in, in heavy quotation marks. And um, yeah, there may have been a few of us that maybe were watching through, you know, a VPN to watch the game and just, you know, see how things were going. As one does. As one does. Um, on their free MLB.tv that comes along with their, you know, package. Um, and, you know, I was watching the game today and there was a moment where, um, you know, there was men on first and third. Uh, there was a play at second base. Uh, Boston runner basically popped up. Certainly looked like it was kind of an interference call. Should have probably been a double play. Um, Brandon Hyde asked for them to review it. Goes to New York. New York basically says, nah, don't think so. We're going to let it go on and it, we're not going to call it interference plays, which prompts Brandon Hyde to come out of the dugout to, um, to, to inquire. And, you know, fortunately, Masson did a really good job of basically pulling the audio from this kind of engagement with you the get, umpires. You got sound? I, we got sounds. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to this. And lost it forever. You see, Bert? My, my, my favorite paper cup collection? Yeah, yeah. Just pretend that I lost it down the sewer. Brandon Hyde came out and uh, was agitated with a decision that was made in New York um, that ultimately was kind of a judgment call. I mean, it wasn't obvious one way or the other, I didn't think. But, um, you know, I just don't see the need for him to get thrown out of the game. And, you know, maybe if it was Buck Showalter, I would feel completely different. But instead, I just see this Muppet of a man again getting angry out there for something that is completely illogical. And what really bothered me was he came out at the end of the game and he said, well, I really wanted to go out there to really understand what New York had saw. And I really wanted them to explain the rule to me. And so it's like, why are you getting thrown out of a game instead of just waiting to the end and then having a conversation with the umpires at the end of the game saying, Hey, can you explain to me what I missed there so that I can kind of grow from it again? I don't see how it does any benefit to him and the club. It's almost like he's just like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just go back into the clubhouse and eat fried chicken and beer because I hear that's pretty good around here. I thought you were going to get us in trouble for accounts and descriptions. You had me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Nice. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. All right. You want to go ahead and uh, blow the save? Let's do it. Scotty, today is not just tax day. Today is the celebration of Jackie Robinson all across baseball. It's Jackie Robinson Day. Everybody wears 42, and everyone takes a moment to stop and reflect upon what Jackie Robinson accomplished, not only for baseball, but for our country, uh, for our society. In one way, it's kind of a bummer that we limit that to this day. I feel like uh, we all get really excited about it, and then we kind of put it back in, on the shelf until next April. Uh, so I'd like to challenge fans to to consider that throughout the year. One thing I, I thought was a bit tone deaf, and this is an, an awkward uh, comment coming from you know a white dude from suburban Maryland, um, but the MLB uh, Twitter account had a pretty tone deaf tweet uh, this morning, tweeting out. A beer commercial. Uh, this is the Budweiser this one, is a, right? A Budweiser commercial. This Bud's for Jackie. Um, selling beer with the memory of Jackie Robinson in in a way that was not it was not clever at all. It was not a good look, and the fans let him know about it. They ended up pulling the tweet down. That's the only reason this didn't show up in this week on the Twitters because there is no tweet anymore. Um, so I was I was kind of delighted to see baseball fans say, "No, that's that's not what we do here." I'm just glad there wasn't any corn syrup in that tweet. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Major League Baseball has, um, in essence, got onto its high horse on many occasions and have said, "We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that." But certainly, it looks like there has been a massive cash grab over the past few years, including, you know, earlier this season specifically uh, saying, hey, you need to have all your lineups in so that, um, you know, fantasy baseball can be set accordingly and all lineups must come into the commissioner's office as soon as possible um, so that we can allow the fantasy sites to basically make the determinations to do it. Because, again, they're sponsoring us. We're getting this massive check for them. So we need to basically make sure that we're in, in cahoots, as it were, with them. So I, I, I do think that... Um, Pulling out Jackie Robinson, and as much as Jackie Robinson is an amazing individual, 
um, and an amazing story and has opened up so many boundaries um, for African-American players, but also players of any color um, going forward. I, I do think, um, you know, when I see um, days like today and I do see kind of some of the MLB aspects of kind of prompting how can we intertwine this with our business dealings going forward, I do kind of raise my eye similar to what I do with like the NFL when they go through with, you know, here's how we're going to be supporting breast cancer awareness or here's how we're going to be supporting the military. And I raised myself to that question of like, all right, I know behind it, there's a good reason they're doing this, but what's in it for this large corporation and how are they benefiting from this financially? The world was a better place because of Jackie Robinson. The world will not be a better place because of a single beer commercial on Jackie Robinson Day. Come on, guys. Figure it out. And that, that is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com like Jim did. Jim, I'm sorry I missed your email. I wrote you back tonight. You can also find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeviewbal. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I'll bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. Scotty, would it be wrong for me to tweet out I smell strawberries every time uh, Richie Martin's up from now on out? Uh, I think if we're making suggestions for the Baltimoreans nickname audit, Strawberry. Strawberries has to be Cedric Mullen's nickname. No, Richie Martin. Oh, Richie Martin. Richie Martin's nickname is going to be Strawberries? I like it. Okay. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.